Hey, all you ones and zeros, welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your host, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other host, Woody Brown. How's it going, dude? It is going really well, actually. Mm -hmm. I am excited about today's episode, as I typically am. Uh, for any episode, mm-hmm. but this is really exciting to me because I feel like last week we kind of just exactly forced each other to just be quiet <laughs> in the episode because this is the conversation that we basically had yeah. after we hit the stop button mm-hmm. because of the evolution of the topic that we that we talked about evolving from essentially us talking about reincarnation. And past lives. Past lives mm-hmm. and our thoughts about them. So I'm super excited yeah. to dig into today's episode. Let me preface first, and I'm the worst with doing this, but we are by no means professionals. We are by no means studied in any way or... Well, in any way, it's kind of insulting, but go ahead. Well, you know what I mean. Like on any We're sort of... We're not astrophysicists or, <laughs> right. you know, uh, yeah. philosophical PhDs. Or I mean, Michio Kaku is my uncle, but other than there that... You go. We're by no means professionals. We're just really into this stuff. And it ties into the Mandela effect, so therefore I am also obsessed with this. Uh, The topic today is two titles, either the simulation theory or a little more old school, the simulated universe hypothesis. Hmm. I say we go with the simulation theory. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the That's the one people are going to recognize the most. So, yeah, so how do you want to get into this today? So I think first... You know, it's it's actually one of those things that has kind of popped up in the news relatively recently because of, um, you know, Elon Musk being on Joe Rogan and talking about it and it just sort of being more and more frequent in our pop culture zeitgeist, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we can thank The Matrix for really kind of catapulting this idea into oh, the yeah. mainstream, but really just kind of as of late, this has just been a popular topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I think first what we should do is kind of just do a brief sort of, hey, this is what the simulation theory kind of is mm-hmm. and what people think. Mm-hmm. And then we can kind of go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So typically it's pointed out that a fellow by the name of Rene Descartes mm-hmm. uh, back in the 1600s is sort of the father of what we would think of as the simulated universe hypothesis and basically his whole deal is how do i know that my whole existence isn't just someone else's dream Mm. Uh, he came up with the sort of classic quote cogito ergo sum which in latin that says i think therefore i am now all that can kind of tie into uh sartre and socrates and i mean it really ties pretty closely to like existentialism and all that, but doing a little more digging, I think the credit actually goes 
uh, to a guy named Juong Zhou, which is, it's spelled Z-H-U-A-N-G-Z-H-O-U. An ancient Chinese philosopher back in 370 BC, uh, he says, once upon a time, I was a butterfly, flitting and flying about. Suddenly I woke and I was a man. So it's unknown if I dreamed being a butterfly or if I'm a butterfly dreaming of being a man. Only after the great awakening will we realize that this was a great dream and only the fools believe that they are awake. Hmm. So I think, you know, we're looking at, we're, we're just kind of putting some roots down here of this idea that the world is not exactly as, as what we think it is. Potentially right, yeah. And like, it's cool because you're, you're talking about these ancient philosophers, these people mm-hmm. that had no idea about movies, for example, or computers, right? And so I think oftentimes when someone hears the word simulation theory, again, because of the cultural zeitgeist, they immediately yeah. think of the matrix and immediately they're like, I'm not in no computer, man. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And yeah. then they just shut off uh, to use No pun intended. Compu- yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, they just it, log off. Yeah, no. <laughs> and so like, it's super interesting to me that it all sort of began with this idea of like, how do I know if I am real, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And these, these brilliant minds that existed all the way back then. But I think I kind of want to talk about like sort of the modern, the more modern mm-hmm. view of that mm-hmm. and kind of explain the difference there. So there's a couple of things that you'll run into. And there's a guy named, named Nick Bostrom, who is an Oxford philosopher who founded the Future of Humanity Institute. Mm-hmm. And he kind of makes a distinction between these two things. The first one is the simulation hypothesis. And that's basically kind of like what you're talking about, although the more modern version is that we are literally living inside of a computer simulation Mm -hmm. engineered by some advanced civilization. Be that human, be that alien, or Mm -hmm. heck, celestial. Mm -hmm. Then there's what he calls the simulation argument. And he talks about this thing that he calls it the trilemma. Mm-hmm. And he basically says that one of these three alternatives is true based on probability and stuff, okay? Number one, most all civilizations at our current stage of technological development go extinct before they reach the technological maturity they would need to be able to run a simulation like the simulation hypothesis is talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number two, A very strong convergence uh, among virtually all technologically mature civilizations exists and they all lose interest in creating simulations of this whatsoever. So they have zero interest in doing this anyway. Mm. Or three, that we are literally living in a computer simulation engineered by some advanced civilization. So Mm. one of those three things he says is true. So either we're all going to get so technologically advanced that we end up just becoming extinct because we just fight each other and do terrible things to one another via war and all that mm-hmm. based on our technology. Or essentially, once we are that advanced, we have zero interest in doing it. Or again, th- the third option being that <clears throat> we are in fact living within that now. Wow. He basically says that he kind of like thinks about it in terms of like in the future, essentially we, we reach a point of evolution where we just are just so far advanced and our computers are so incredible that we can create a computer that has little simulations in it that are fully conscious and aware and that we're using this not so much as like a video game, I think, like people sort of 
like to think of it as. Yeah, right. More of like as a means to use it as a tool to study past humanity. So we're talking about, you know, imagine if you could currently create a simulated program mm -hmm. that took real aspects of personality, real aspects of human behavior, a choice algorithm, and then created ancient Egypt and just watched what happened. Mm -hmm. Would it, you know, a as a experiment, would it end up in the same way? Would the fall of Egypt occur? Would it continue to evolve? And, and you know what I mean? So his hypothesis is the reason, if there is a simulation involved, the reason being is that it's more of an anthropic reason to, to do it. I, w I wonder if that's similar to like the simulation th loop theory that, that basically, I, I think it's kind of what you're saying where it can only go as far as it can go and then it has to just basically like reboot. Mm. Um, which, you know, would explain, and again, this stuff's a little heady, you know, it, it is hard to kind of wrap your head around, but like, I think this could be, I don't know, I'm so torn of like the, like how much percentage of like of us and it is like physicality, how much of, of it is the, the concept of like, oh, well, your brain just hallucinates your complete consciousness. Mm -hmm. I do think that's a really cool idea if, if it's proposed in sort of like the new earth proposal, which is like, you know, the idea that we have these civilizations and then somehow they get wiped off the map. Chichu Nitsa, maybe. There's several like ancient, ancient, ancient uh, civilizations that have been sort of, you know, dug up or, mm -hmm. or discovered by the archaeological community. And what's crazy about them is they're already super, super old. Well, then once they continue to dig down, they find that there's literally civilizations that were covered by those civilizations mm -hmm. that are underneath. So, like, if you look at it in terms of with the simulation theory, is it's like, okay, is that where the you know, is that where the reboot happened? And then it's like we had to just completely all start over again. Yeah, I mean, maybe. And then also if you look at it like from like a spiritual sense of like, you know, in a sort of a Christian perspective, it says, you know, our time is not his time. And, you know, the, the, the concept of time is not a linear thing that we humans have. And so in, in the mind of God or in the mind of the like a creator, however whatever one you choose obviously you know i mean again biblically it says life is but a vapor which that mm -hmm. means you know just a little puff of smoke so are we are they are these programs like being ran from the birth of you know man creating the wheel creating fire like growing mm -hmm. and growing and growing and creating these into the modern age until until whatever. I don't know what, what the sort of the ending would be, but like, is that just a couple of seconds in the mind of God? Mm -hmm. You know well, what I mean? Or yeah, the mind of, sure. of the computer, if you're looking at it in a more literal sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, I think there's like a couple of things to kind of uh, expand upon there. <clears throat> First, again, kind of like we talked about in the last episode, this is one of those things that, well, just like reincarnation, mm -hmm. just like anything, again, that's like, quote unquote, non-scientific, I guess, more faith-based Pseudoscience. Pseudoscience, whatever you want to call it, impossible to prove. Right. Relatively impossible mm -hmm. to prove, we'll say. 
And so really it's not, this is not a conversation about whether or not we believe it. This is just a conversation about how interesting this concept is. And frankly, I kind of want your mind to be as dizzy as mine feels right now. Oh yeah. (laughs) Selfishly, because man, over the past like week or so, my mind is just, I just, I literally have felt dizzy because there's just so many really deep concepts to, to talk about that you just kind of feel like a little discombobulated a little bit, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> hold on. Well, I didn't think we were going to get into the religious aspects so quickly. Um, <laughs> well, no, no, I, no. I, I mean, I mean, we can, we, we, we don't have to get into that now. We can kind of. No, no, no. It's good though, because I, I think that it's one of the different kind of points that I wrote down to kind of talk about in terms of what about the simulation theory interests me the most. And mm-hmm. first, you know, I think we kind of give you a little bit of a background of it. Because by the way, it's extremely complex. You mm-hmm. can read these mathematicians and physicists and true scientists explain it in great detail and do so in a way that's like, if then, a lot of if then statements mm-hmm. that it just makes your mind like, yeah. again, just feel like you're swimming. The interesting fact to me is how all of this stuff plays into concepts such as religion mm-hmm. and concepts such as the Mandela effect, dreams, you know, its relationship with um, reincarnation and and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, you you mentioned the concept of time and how, especially in the Christian faith, the creation, right? Mm -hmm. Six days, seventh day was rest, right? Mm -hmm. So how can a world be created in six days? You know, that's always something, even as like a little kid, I was like, no, I get it. I was like, I believe it. But like also how? You Although know? a lot of theologians also s- sort of propose that like the quote unquote a day is actually could be, you know, hundreds of years kind of thing. Right. And so... Not to get into that, but... No, no, no. I mean, no, I'm glad that you did because here's the thing. Yes, that could very well be the thing. But I want you to think about it in terms of, again, I don't necessarily believe that it is a video game that we're like not, you know, NPC characters in mm-hmm. or whatever. Ooh, I'm glad you said that, yeah. But think about any of the video games, well, that you've ever played. But if you have kids, sort of my kid's age, you know, you've probably seen Minecraft or Fortnite mm-hmm. or yourself, you've played like an online shooter like Call of Duty, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. How fast does it take for it to render a world? Oh, yeah. Pretty quick, right? Yeah. And so does that mean that the artifacts within that world are brand new or have they been there for a while in terms mm-hmm. of like the age, right? And so if you think about it in terms of time doesn't have to be as we perceive it because those video game characters aren't perceiving time in the same way. Right. Do you, do you follow my logic there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's a super interesting concept, but just religion in general and how it relates to this. I mean, think about it. You know, you mentioned that in the Bible it says... Uh, life is just a a vapor, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And so to me, that immediately implies what? That there's something after. Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. And so if this life is just a vapor, to me, when I think of vapor, you know, think about something like steam even, right? Coming mm-hmm. off of hot coffee. In the grand scheme of things, it's a very quick... Split second. Split second thing yeah. that dissolves and isn't part of your reality at that moment, right? Mm -hmm. And so if that's what our life is like or compared to, boy, that really, to me, 
it really means that there's tons more after, right? Yeah, so there's like a much greater. There's an existence that exists outside of our right now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you think about it with that lens on, then essentially, in a way, this is kind of a way for science to mesh with a lot of these religious themes and ideas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, look, we've been told that in the Christian faith, right, you come to earth to what? Be given choice, right? Mm-hmm. And then based Free on those will. choices, what? Uh, There's going to be judgment, right? Yeah. So you're good, you're bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. After life. So <laughs> in a way, it's written out pretty plainly. Hey, okay. It doesn't say in there, hey, man, so what you do is you plug in your Nintendo. You're going to want to blow on the cartridge if it doesn't work the first time. <laughs> it doesn't say that. But, what you know, it does say that we are going to be living in a sort of, quote, unquote, different reality, living this life, being mm-hmm. tested by different, di- different opportunities, different choices that we could make. And then at the end of it, we're going to have like a debrief. And we're going to be able to see what we did over that life. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, one one thing too that I think is interesting, and this ties back to uh, last week's episode about the um, you know reincarnation and everything, is this idea that you know in a lot of these cases, these kids would have birthmarks or these sort of physical sort of examples of things that they would claim would happen to them in their past life. Like, oh, he has two birthmarks on his back. Well. Everything lines up exactly. He knows exactly who this guy was. Uh, he was a Civil War soldier who grew up in Connecticut, da 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 and he was shot twice in the back. And haphazardly, that's exactly where those two birthmarks are on little Joey. Um, I think that uh, I, 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 it's almost like, like a respawn in a video game. Mm-hmm. And... I've heard that uh, I've heard a, a hypothesis that basically says this, is, and this kind of ties into to reincarnation and the simulation theory is that basically we are just this sort of floating consciousness uh, within this like you know quote unquote computer, right? And so you have your you have all of this like metadata that's like in the game itself, but the, in the actual sort of active game that's like playing, you know, that you see. That's like the game that that our our consciousness is kind of like uploaded into. And so, you know, say we're a strand of data that's like, okay, you're going to be respawned over here and boom. And instead of like being jolted into going from like zero to, oh, I know what my last life was. I was a Civil War soldier. Boom. And you have all that amount of information. But suddenly now you're back in the, the body of a, of a baby level one yeah a yeah. baby that was just born and so i think it's almost like if you do believe this stuff which again i have no idea if i do but i think it's cool to think about is mm-hmm. if that is the case and all of a sudden boom you're uploaded into a little baby girl in modern times but you have those birthmarks instead of it being like a jolt to your system so much that it would probably just just like scramble your mind you 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 would kind of go nuts probably mm. you kind of still have to play by the protocols that are set by the the game or the computer so that way uh, even though you have all this information and you're going to remember as you're getting older and older and older 
but you can't be jolted right back into another body. You have to be like, you know, you have to do just like everybody else and grow up under the confines uh, or the restraining bolt, if you will, of starting out with a baby brain. And then it mm-hmm. gets a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger. You know what I mean? I, I think yeah. that's a really cool sort of. But, and dude, it's so interesting as I'm listening to this, like subconsciously, when we describe these things, we use our own modern interpretation of how it would be, right? And yeah. so like at the end of the day, what you're describing may be the same thing that Plato or any of those ancient philosophers described. They just mm-hmm. didn't have the terminology like right. upload right. or download or whatever. Yeah. And so I think too, it's <clears throat> it's interesting when you, golly, <clears throat> smokes five packs a day. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting when you, when you, when I'm listening and, and you said it like, you know, gosh, I don't know if I believe it, but, you know, I think a lot of people are faced with that, especially if they're like, you know, faith-based kind of thinkers and mm-hmm. stuff. Like the thing is like, but you, but you do mm-hmm. believe it. Mm-hmm. You just don't believe that it's a quote unquote computer. Right. But by the way, folks, what, what is the mind? Yeah. Like the, you got to um, think about what the definition of a computer is. Right. Mm-hmm. Dude, our minds might be the most sophisticated computers that they're still trying to study now, you know? So it's like, well, but, but also I think it's, 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 there is like a distinction between like the mind, in my opinion, and the brain. I don't necessarily think they're like one in the same necessarily. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're saying that like the mind is more part of your kind of, Consciousness, soul, yeah, whatever. Right. I, I, brain, I do. I, right, right. The because brain is because a if you're if you're brain dead and you're dying and it's on a table, your brain's dying. But I think, you know, we hear tons of cases of these people. Like I, I could look down and I could see my body and I was on mm-hmm. the table dying and mm-hmm. and like that brain is dead, but that person's consciousness was still with them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I'm on the same page for yeah. sure. Which, which explains also the. It goes back to the reincarnation thing. It's like, well, it's not really your mind or your brain. It's just your, I mean, I guess it would be your mind, mm-hmm. your consciousness jumping into another body. Right. If you think of your body as just like the vehicle with mm-hmm. which your mind is able to use the computer, right. which is your brain, as it's like you're the operator right? mm-hmm. of that individual. Yeah. Potentially consciously somewhere else doing it or whatever. So, I know that we're kind of like all over the place. Oh, yeah. But it's not going to get any better. Yeah. And that's just (laughs) kind of like what this is kind of all about. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people, even just thinking about what you just said, a lot of people are going to say like, well, if you can just like re-upload and the only consequence is like you have to start back at level one, what's to stop people from just going ballistic and just like Grand Theft Auto style, just like going around and hurting people because, you know, in their mind, Mm -hmm. there might not be... Any consequences? Well, I, I I think a lot of that depends on whatever religious belief you believe in. You know. Well, I don't I don't know that. I mean, yes, I see what you're saying. I think that certainly helps, but I think they're good and bad. I, I think that existed before the formality of religion. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, one <laughs> thing that I think, and it's a conversation that you and I have had, and I've actually had a lot with my buddy Christian Castillo or Costanza if you will, this idea that like, okay, say we look at, at 
just the Bible, right? And there's so many of these events, and obviously this will get into another episode on its own, but bear with me. It's this idea that like, okay, we look at Earth or this like dimension or this plane or whatever, and I think it, like I said before, there's like certain protocols and there's certain, um, you know, boundaries that that are allowed for a person to do. And I think, I think the bad guys, I think pretty dark folks like Aleister Crowley and his Babylonian rituals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jack Parsons. And there's a lot of people who are successful at sort of changing reality through magic, you know, with a K. But at the same time, and and always in that, there's always the way that happens is a, you know, mixing things or, or there's a combination of things, whether it's like a ritual, whether it's ingredients, whether it's this, this, to sort of create things in the physical world. But at the same time, I think you look at someone like Jesus who was able to feed the multitude of, you know, he created, he fed 5,000 people with four loaves of bread and, or seven loaves of bread and a few small fish. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at that and like the term like alchemy or alchemical process, it's like. Well, wasn't there like some sort of like, he was doing something with it too, like splitting the bread, doing like, like I feel like there is some sort of like procedural. Yeah, exactly. like, like, Like when the guy was blind, he put like mud on his eyes. Yeah, well, yeah, he picked up dirt and he spit in his hand and moved mm-hmm. it around and, and it was mud and then he stuck it on his face. And so that you're exactly right. That's what I'm saying. There, there's this like process. Cheat codes. Of, it's, that's exactly right. I think. Not to sound, not to, look, I don't want to insult anybody. In not at all. No, no, no. Okay. No, 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 no. Uh, but it is these things. It's like, you know, magic, whether it's dark or whatever, uh, as opposed to Jesus, which would be divine and and you know, great, a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think the, doing those things, it's almost like this alchemical process, which is a way of like getting around the boundaries or the protocols that are set on this world. And so that's mm-hmm. what, it, you know, to us, it just looks like magic or it looks yeah. like whatever. But at the end of the day, is that just hacking? Is that just hacking right. the code? <clears throat> and well, I, I've also heard, uh, I listened to this podcast with this um mm-hmm this Catholic uh, priest talking about like the simulation theory. And he said, he thinks that like, if it is the case and I applaud anybody that's highly religious, that that is open-minded enough to think about these things. uh, He thinks that the greatest thing about Jesus, and yes, it would mean that he is truly divine. is just the fact that he's, he has the, the, the awareness that it is a simulation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he can do all this stuff. He can, he can do miracles. He can do all this stuff. And it's like, is that the same thing as like the bad guys and, and John D and like Jesus as a divine being, uh, him being divine. So he knows that there's more to this life. He knows that this mm. is the simulation. So therefore he can do anything. Mm. It's mm-hmm. kind of like Neo when he realizes that yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? But But at the same time, it's like the guys who we're getting information for these like fallen angels in the beginning. You know, it says uh, in like the the first and second book of Enoch, uh, some in the Apocrypha, it talks about how they were able to like summon these angels and some, these fallen angels would teach ways of numerology and astrology and like kind of like tricks or hacks that, 
that maybe we didn't really have any business sort of knowing. But at the end of the day, it's like maybe they are tapping into those same lines of code. Mm -hmm. uh, one's just good and one's, you know, nefarious. Yeah. I think that's cool. That is really cool. And that isn't the exact direction I was going with talking <laughs> about. No, 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 dude. That's what I love about it, though. What I was going to talk about in terms of like a lot of folks will say like, well, what's the point of it all, right? If there's no content, if I can just like start over, mm. and that's the quote unquote biggest consequence. Because my argument is like, no, there are consequences, right? Yeah. Even if you're thinking about it and, and you're looking at it in terms of like we're in Grand Theft Auto, mm -hmm. and even in that game where you can just wreak havoc, there Five are stars. still consequences that you have to like. That, that that happened yeah like you get the five star rating mm -hmm. and now cops are just coming over and then they kill you and then you got to start over yeah right so even if you view it through that simplistic lens there are still consequences if this is a simulation even if that's what it is be it computer you know celestial whatever like our mind again our mind is only saying computer program because that's our modern brain using the modern things that we have in front of us to be able to explain something. Well, right. and also it's, it's I, I honestly, I would say that it's totally because of the matrix. Uh, I mean, for the most part, anytime you hear things like, oh, there's, I saw this, 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 it was a glitch in the matrix. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. It's, it's always kind of, um, well, it offers like really good and really bad, I think. And we yeah, talked there's about some like ta There's some like tangible things that you can glean from that. To, mm -hmm. to help wrap your mind around this incredibly exactly. crazy concept, right? right? But but I think the negative of it is I think uh, you know in in researching for this topic, I ran across some some interviews with uh, Michio Kaku, who's a genius theoretical physicist and all that, and well, him and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson as well, and it is crazy because these guys that they do actually believe that there's a strong possibility that we're mm -hmm. all living in a simulation. But like to hear them talk about it, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going along with it. I kind of see where you're going. I believe it. But then they consistently come to the point where they say, well, but it would be, it would be impossible uh, for us to be a part of a system with that much computing power. And it's like, you're getting hung up on, it's not like, at least for me, I don't believe it's an actual computer. Mm -hmm. But these guys, it's almost like they they can't allow themselves to think beyond sort of what we have in our zeitgeist of like, there's not enough memory, there's not enough like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, it's well, very... Well, let, let, me, let me just finish this thought real quick and then I want to get into computing power and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So my, my argument for folks that are like, well, then everybody would just be wreaking havoc. Mm -hmm. There are people that do that anyway. Oh, yeah. In real life, and and that's fine. But the the point is, like, either they have to face no matter what, there's going to be consequences for that type of behavior. Mm -hmm. Either they have to start again, and this is assuming that you get more than one, uh, quote unquote, like token, right? So mm -hmm. if you go into an arcade, all of <laughs> our like '80s that. friends, mm -hmm. you go into an arcade. Your mom says, "Look, I got a shop. You stay in here, but I'm only giving you one token that you can use," mm. right? And if you only had the one token, well, first now you got to pick what game you want to play, and you want one that's going to last because after you run out of that token, that's it. Well, like, I can go ahead and tell you what'll last the longest. <laughs> what? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles I in knew Time. You're going to say that, dude. That's a great <laughs> one. 
I was pretty good at Street Fighter 2. So. I was going to say Street Fighter is my favorite, though. Um, but, but Turtles would last you a long time. Yeah, exactly. But seriously, we're assuming that someone just has a bucket full of tokens mm-hmm. and that if they act bad, hey, who cares? I can just pop in another coin and start the game over. Mm-hmm. But what if you can't? What, you know, that's a consequence. And even if you did have a bucket full of tokens, you're still starting from zero. You're starting from level one. Right. And that's annoying if you're a video gamer. Yeah. And then also, if our consciousness is uploaded into this body and even if we are living in a simulation any of the things that we do like if you were bad then you face the legal consequences and now you're now living the rest of your game inside of a freaking jail cell Mm -hmm. and so that's a consequence so i think that are we going to be able to convince people that are just evil anyway to do good somehow you know probably not they're mm-hmm. still going to be bad people. And I don't think good people are just going to all of a sudden, by thinking about this concept, just go out on a rampage because, hey, who cares? <laughs> now, yeah. realistically, there after The Matrix came out, there's this guy who actually did that. He like killed his whole family, dude. And he's in jail mm-hmm. now because of it. <clears throat> and he has written a book. Come to find out, he, he came from like an abusive family and yada, yada, yada. Hurt people hurt people, bro. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to make that point because like, Mm-hmm. I don't like viewing it from like, well, now this just means everybody's going to be chaotic. Now there is an oh no 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 I don't I don't mean that yeah yeah no, no no I didn't mean that you did I just anybody listening I just that is certainly a valid argument I think yeah. one that will pop up but I just immediately I think well no there are consequences any way you slice it I couldn't think yeah. of a way where there wouldn't be other than well I have a bucket full of tokens yeah but you have mm-hmm. to start as a baby yeah exactly you know that's boring so. Yeah. And again, I think that's like that that another element of like the protocol in this sort of reality, I, which is perfect timing because now I want to move into what they call in this in this theory mm-hmm. this concept of what's called upper limits. Mm, and basically, okay. what that talks about is under normal conditions within this simulation program, we have to operate under a certain amount of like limited rule set Mm -hmm. okay it's just like and i'm sorry folks if you're not into it but immediately it makes me think of dungeons and dragons in so many ways and i'll Mm -hmm. explain why so buckle up number one there there's a rule set that you have to follow Mm -hmm. us as humans we can't just like look up in the sky and say up up and away Mm -hmm. we have to obey the laws of physics Mm -hmm. now there's ways that we have been able to hack that We create machinery that lets us fly in the air and yada, 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 yada. But all of those things that we've created still operate in that rule set. Yep, exactly. Right, Just like Dungeons and Dragons. So while even though Dungeons and Dragons is like an open-ended world, you still have to operate within the rule set, Mm -hmm. right? Which, by the way, I hate to derail, but my God, we had a good time the other night with our buddy Dan. it was fun, man. It was super fun. But it's it, that's another <clears throat> thing that made me think about Dungeons & Dragons because you can take somebody who is inherently good, mm-hmm. right? And then you put them in a scenario and it's like sometimes it's kind of fun to be a little bad because I'm, a, I'm playing this character, you know, and I can mm-hmm. just like walk up to this person and punch him. But even in that game, you're going to have to deal with those consequences. So even though you're playing something that's completely fictional. Yeah, right you still have to operate in those rules, right? I, and I actually like that you just said that. And I think that that's, this is what you've been trying to get at uh, earlier is like the idea that like, okay, we'll say somebody somebody comes under the realization, whether it's completely 
a delusional a delusional realization and they've kind of like gone a little it's like okay all of a sudden now that person realizes oh this is just a similarity i mean sim- simulation God, what did i just say simulation this is just a simulation <laughs> jesus to your uh, past life this That's is just you. a simulation so i can do whatever i want it is the same it's the equivalent of playing D&D. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a, I'm a pretty good dude. I don't I, I don't do a lot of crime, but I know that hey, this game is is fake and so I'm going to try some things that I would never try in real life. Right. I, I and, that, then, that's and then when you but like and then when you do though. And so that's like as a dungeon master or a game master or whatever, mm-hmm. that's part of your responsibility in a way is to allow the players that free will to do whatever they want to do. But they also but the take on those the, consequences. The consequences, good or bad, yeah. that come with whatever choices they make. Yeah. And so when you look at it like that, it's like, oh man, that does make sense. And again, I'm not trying to water down the importance of life. You know, you mentioned Neil deGrasse. Did I say his name right? I always get it wrong. No, Neil it's just deGrasse. deGrasse. Yeah. Tyson. I mean, Anne makes fun of me all the time because I'm like, oh yeah, you mean old Neil deGrasse? Well, I'm obsessed with a guy named Nick Hinton, and he says the exact same thing every well, time. Hats off, Nick. Uh, but Neil deGrasse Tyson, I saw a clip of him. He was interviewing Larry King. Mm-hmm. And Larry King says something. Oh, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson asks Larry King. If you could live forever, would you? Yes. <laughs> okay. We're well, done on the interview. This <laughs> yes. Uh, no, okay. Sure, that's an attractive idea. But the way I look at it is, it is the knowledge that I'm going to die that creates the focus that I bring to being alive. The urgency of accomplishment, the need to express love now, not later. If we live forever, why ever even get out of bed in the morning? Because you always have tomorrow. That's not the kind of life I want to lead. But why, don't you fear not being around? I fear living a life where I could have accomplished something and didn't. That's what I fear. I I don't fear death. You don't fear the unknown? I love the unknown. I I, I, I love the, you know what I want on my tombstone? My sister has this in her her notes, because in case I can't tell anyone after I die. On my tombstone, a quote from Horace Mann, great educator. Be ashamed to die until you have scored some victory for humanity. Now, Larry King's old as hell, man. <laughs> so yeah. I can kind of see his reasoning for answering this, but... <laughs> but He's Larry, still such a badass. Hold on a second. Is he alive? Oh, man. Is this a Mandela effect? A real oh, live? man, dude. Is this happening in, in real time here? Hold on just a second. I'm ch- I, I don't ch- know if he's alive. He's got to be. Yeah. No, 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 no. Maybe he recently passed away, dude. No. Yep. Holy crap. Dude died January 23rd, 2021. How did I not know that he died this year? I don't know, but I felt like I knew that. There's I a lot did of stuff not going on in that. the news, number That's one. That's so but, sad, okay. man. So this was obviously before Larry King I'm, died. I'm booting off, bro. I'm on. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> but the fact that it is, there's a definite end makes you want to pursue the search to be the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. It makes you want to 
treat other, like make someone else's day amazing and all this because it's so finite, man, that, yeah. you know, it gives purpose to this life. And, and so when you look at it, look, look at that like that and then think about how like going back to that verse in the Bible where it's just like a vapor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To have so much importance on a vapor. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's really kind of tells you something about how important this mm-hmm. life is, simulation or not. Mm-hmm. Regardless, of, because I think that's what I think drew me to this theory so strongly was that it really is kind of like a marriage of faith and science in a way. Mm-hmm. It's a way for science scientists to kind of think about... Talk about computers more. <laughs> <laughs> to think about something outside of this existence, right? Existing. And so mm-hmm. I think that's like super interesting. But anyways, back to the upper limits. After these messages, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Would you like to ski Antarctica? Would you snowed under with work? Do you dream of a vacation at the bottom of the ocean? But you can't float the bill? Have you always wanted to climb the mountains of Mars? But now you're over the hill? Then come to Recall Incorporated where you can buy the memory of your ideal vacation cheaper, safer, and better than the real thing. So don't let life pass you by. Call Recall for the memory of a lifetime. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures from another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. So there's a couple things here with regard to upper limits, and again, 
if you're just rejoining us or whatever, the concept of upper limits is basically that even within like a simulation or even our real life right now, we have a certain rule set that is just in place and won't change. Now, certain things will, but the existing laws of physics, for example, like we can't change the mm. speed of light or even like Planck's constant, which is significant in the role of quantum physics, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, these operating parameters exist and and can't be changed. The speed of light, there's no, like, this made me go down an incredible rabbit trail with my wife just earlier this morning. We were talking about the speed of light and she kind of made this joke. She's like, and you know what's crazy is it's a fact that scientists don't know how a text message works. <laughs> and so we both like started laughing because if you think about it, it's like, well, how fast, like, how fast does a text message, how fast does that data transfer from your phone if you send it to me now mm-hmm. to someone across the, you know, world or even relatively local to you, like my wife downstairs, if I text her right now, how fast would it travel to her? Well, you get is that it, boost mobile, it, so it takes you like five no, minutes. No, I don't. Is it faster than the speed of light is what I wondered. Because in this argument, it basically states that there's nothing faster right. than the speed of light. That mm-hmm. is this artifact that can be used to potentially show that maybe we are in a simulation is is what this one guy said. And I'll get back to that. Mm -hmm. But in case you're wondering about data transfer and internet speed and the speed of light and everything, nope. Light is the thing that travels the fastest. Hmm. So there's this scientist, and I'm doing a lot of talking here, man. Did you want to no, I mean, I'm just okay. I'm, I'm just waiting until we get soaking nuts with it. Yeah. So the scientist basically says that if you think about a computer program, okay, and again, we're just I'm not trying to convince you, listener, that we are living in a computer. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. We're just using again terminology that we're used to based on the things around us, okay? Mm-hmm. Because it's easier for us to relate to and explain to one another. Okay. Last time I'm saying it. Okay. The scientist basically says that. If you think about a computer, a computer game, a program, within its operating limits, the computer program itself, no matter how far advanced it is, is only as good as its processing speed. So yeah. you can, and you guys know, especially if you play video games, you know, sometimes it'll glitch or it'll, something will happen and it's because like your internet speed's low or, you know, you've got an old, you're playing on an iPhone 2 you know, whatever it is, you're processing, excuse me, oh boy. Jesus, sorry. Tyler's processing some TikTok right now. I don't know what's happening. I refuse to ever be on TikTok. So also, if I do live in a computer, I want it to be an IBM 5100. Oh, nice, nice. Making reference to John Teeter. See what I mean? Okay, hold on, because we got a lot of ground to cover. Let's stay focused. I'm trying. Okay, so the scientist basically says, the program is only as good as the processor that is facilitating this program or mm-hmm. the use of it, right? And if that's true, then oftentimes there's what he called an artifact within it that basically... Almost like a leftover, like, cache. Well, that, and it just kind of basically proves that, hey, this is a program running. So Or cookies. You know, a lot of times the best way that's measured or found is this is the processing speed, right? Mm-hmm. This is the fastest it'll go. When you buy a brand new iMac... They're telling you 
the highest level that it can perform it. Right. Right. That's the artifact this guy's talking about. And he mm -hmm. says, within our world, that artifact is the speed of light. I see. That's the fastest that we can process anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether that's travel, whether that's whatever, that is the artifact within mm -hmm. our world, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, like I think um, I kind of want us to kind of like start moving in the direction. I don't know what, like, what did you find about? the simulation theory and its relationship to like, we already kind of covered the religious tropes and stuff. Mm -hmm. What about its relationship to like dreams, reincarnation, Mandela, like that kind of stuff? Uh, well, I, in uh, in some of the research I did run across, I've been a fan of H.P. Lovecraft for a long time, but, you know, he's kind of, I guess, sort of known as like the father of like cosmic horror and this, he constantly uses this theme of these old gods or the old ones, which is this sort of ancient idea of these, you know, long forgotten gods who are, you know, slumbering. And uh, it's in his short story, Dagon, where he kind of believes that like our existence is in the dreaming of this old god. So that, you know, as soon as that old god awakens, we all just blip out of existence pretty much you know i came upon it's like a, a hindu tradition where they believe that life is an illusion and that we're living in i mean basically a simulation formed in the mind of brahman which is like a god mm. it's i ran across this article that says uh it kind of broke it down it says he dreams in code because it's half computer and half human and like the hindus it's it's one of the oldest religions short of Zoroastrianism, but, you know, you look at, like, the Buddhist and, like, the Wheel of Time, and it really is, I think this is such a great companion piece to our last episode with reincarnation because, I mean, it really is kind of sort of intertwined. Before we kind of get moving, what are your thoughts, Woody? What, how do you think, like, you know, the reincarnation idea ties in with the simulation theory? Well, it's funny. I was going to kind of... I don't know, maybe if we didn't get to it, bring it up at the end in that like the thing that strikes me as very interesting about the simulation theory is it really is, for better or for worse, a great sort of catch-all for a lot yeah. of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking everything from reincarnation to like weird dreams to like seeing somebody that's passed away mm -hmm. after you know, they've passed away in a dream and dreaming about them, having like a conversation that's meaningful with them. Mm -hmm. In terms of reincarnation, I think like life in general being a opportunity for us to, you know, be tested, be enlightened, move to like a quote unquote next level of enlightenment and then mm -hmm. something else be, you know, being reincarnated after that and starting again at, at level one with that knowledge base you know, kind of accessible or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, helps to kind of explain a lot of those things. It also helps to like take the religious aspect out of it. Mm -hmm. And let's just say it really is a video game. This again is just for simplistic reason only for right. me to wrap my head around this. Right. If it is a video game, then maybe a lot of those past life memories are from when you were that player character, mm -hmm. you know. Like, like the kid we talked about last week who, you know, said that he was this World War II aircraft crewman. He goes down the ocean. That gentleman, an American hero, dies in the ocean. James Houston. He gets, you know, yeah, James Houston. 
And then he gets reincarnated as uh, this kid in 2004. Now, people might say, well, explain the time you know, thing again. Again, maybe time operates differently. Or yeah, this guy so. had to go get another coin from his mom. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is true. And, and I do think the idea, I mean, once I kind of got really big into uh, this idea of like the theory of like retro causality and this like nonlinear sort of time stream idea, mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff doesn't, I don't get hung up on that stuff anymore as far as like, well, how do you explain what was he, what was he doing over the course of when he died as a pilot in the forties until two thousand I guess two thousand two? I don't really think any of that plays any you know anything. Although he did say that like he was greeted by the other officers or the other uh, mm-hmm. his fellow you know soldiers uh, when he was in heaven, which is pretty which awesome. Kind of makes sense because yeah. they're standing right next to each other. In the arcade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think my token theory really holds up. Boy, I love it. I'm a big fan. I mean, I think, truthfully, I've never heard, I've never heard it anywhere else. <laughs> I haven't so either. This is an exclusive. Yeah, this, yeah. This is going viral. I like that there's a theory also. I mean, it's not entirely his idea. He didn't really create it. But I have heard Neil deGrasse Tyson say that he believes that we're basically a simulation that was created by AI that... Okay, so say say we have a society, right? Mm-hmm. And say that this society just continues to just move forward, 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 and progress up until like they have you know self-replicating AI and and self-thinking AI, and humans kind of eventually die out. But that AI that was created by humans just continues on. And so he believes that in that scenario, this AI that's gone on long after the humans have died out. It's created this simulation of humans to see what it was like for right. those humans. So it's almost like, like it kind of goes back to that anthropic idea that Nick Bostrom postulates. Mm-hmm. You know, like that the purpose of the simulation is like an educational one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to get into this, but a couple of the things that sort of prove to scientists and, and physicists that. We are living in that. You know, you you talked about the like the speed of light. Well, I mean, there's also like the double slit experiment, which is like a. I mean, I don't totally understand this, but basically, imagine uh, they're firing electrons through this copper paneling, right? And it has like mm-hmm. two slits, and it goes a certain way, and then when they decided, oh well, let's record that, or let's like observe that they realized that like any time that this this experiment was being observed it was reacting completely differently yeah are you talking about how like it if i remember right man to speaking of just off the top of my head yeah me too I, I, yeah. I remember it being like something like that they used that experiment to show that oh god was it particles uh, or matter or yeah light? yeah i don't know light and matter basically can behave like Waves, yes, it would. Well, it would turn and into like waves right? when it was being observed. So it's kind of the this you know Einstein's spooky science at a di- distance. Jeez, uh, <laughs> whoa! Uh, but it's kind of like uh, Einstein's spooky action at a distance. It's kind of like I think what you're talking about is like like quantum entanglement, where it's like if it's being observed, or if you change like if say you have a pair of particles and they're millions of miles away from each other. If one is changed here, then it 
change is the one way out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and there's this other thing, and I could not find it. I remember hearing about this years ago. There's also this thing where basically in space, on like a cosmic level, there's like levels of like radiation that are emitted basically from the universe, from the cosmos. And it's something like the way that w- the Earth like receives those, they, they're all coming at like the exact same times, which is like a complete ap- impossibility. And I, to- I know that I'm butchering this, but and if any of you guys, out, any of you folks out there, if you know what I'm talking about, please tell me because I've looked and looked and I can't seem to find it. But basically it's something like where it's one of those things that's just too perfect. Like there's no way that these, these waves of like radiation could come exactly all at the same time from like multiple, you know, far. Sources or points of origin. Or yeah, something. yeah, far, far, far points of origin all throughout the universe. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, there's so many different kind of things that sort of, you know, I mean, even down to like, like, you know, space. And do you have like any of those sort of examples of like, well, scientists believe that. Well, I mean, basically that their simple explanation is that, you know, it would be kind of silly of us to think that, again, if we don't like just destroy each other once our technology becomes that advanced. Mm -hmm. I mean, you really got to think about it. Think about listener and you, Tyler. Think about whatever mechanism that you're using right this second Mm -hmm. to hear my voice. We're not coming at you via radio wave. Mm-hmm. Now that's the old way of doing it, and even that's pretty fantastic. Oh, you're yeah. utilizing some sort of computing mechanism, and I say that because you're either listening to this on a desktop or laptop or your phone. Magic that is literally, you know, more powerful than the computer that um, Ronald Reagan had access to during the Cold War. It's in your pocket right this second, and his was as big as a yeah, dang <laughs> like Yankee Stadium, like a warehouse. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I think, and, and I think this famous quote from Elon Musk. I think his, in my mind, like the, the, the strongest argument for, the, for us being in a simulation, probably being in a simulation, I think is the following. That 40, called 40, 40 years ago, we had Pong, like two rectangles and a dot. That right. was what games were. Now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously, and it's getting better every year. And soon we'll have you know, virtual reality, augmented reality. Um, if you assume any rate of improvement at all, um, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality. Just in, indistinguishable. Um, even if that rate of advancement drops by a thousand from what it is right now, then you just say, okay, well, we'll let's imagine it's 10,000 years in the future, uh, which is nothing in the evolutionary scale. So given that we're clearly on a trajectory to have games that are indistinguishable from reality and those games could be played on any set-top box or on a PC or whatever, and there would probably be you know, billions of such computers or set-top boxes, it would seem to follow that the odds that we're in base reality is one in billions. So Tell me what's wrong with that argument. Is the answer yes? The argument is probably. I mean, but I just like. Is there is there a flaw in that argument? I mean, someone. But someone. I'm not sure what but, the error. In, all right, no, no. The argument makes sense. So the assumption then is that somebody beat us to it, and this is a game. 
No, no, there's a one in billions chance that this is base reality. Oh, okay. Well, and, and, and so he's saying, hold on, he's saying that if that's true, then the probability exists, and very strongly, that at some point, the technology will be advanced enough to where they can run a simulation that is this, potentially, this sort of um, detailed and follow the, the normal sort of set of rules and stuff and have like little sims inside of it that have the ability to think based on algorithms and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it, essentially it being artificial intelligence but built by us or future versions of us or whatever. Yeah. And then from within there, the possibility exists that those sims maybe create simulations in their world. And so there's this like endless possibility of simulation upon simulation upon simulation. So they're saying essentially that the probability is so strong that there is something like, or that there will be something like this, that equally so the probability is strong that we're living in one now. That's basically what they're saying. Yeah. Well, and what I was going to say is, is basically what you're talking about is what's called a D-wave quantum computer. Mm. And like I mentioned before, Nick Hinton, he is, uh, he's just this young dude who, I mean, he's kind of genius and he has like all these sort of proposed ideas and stuff. And I mean, it gets wild, ties into uh, that book that I was telling you about, American Cosmic, Diane, uh, what's her middle name? Diane Walsh Pasolka. Basically, he believes that it, within these D-Wave computers, they, these like, I think it's called EI instead of AI. And it's this sort of like completely self-learning entity within the computer that's able to project itself and to go wherever it wants within like throughout the internet i'm a cybernetic organism living tissue over a metal endoskeleton which is kind of wild and it's Mm -hmm. even even down to which i don't you know i don't know if i believe this but it's like there's even like several you know we say like they're bots but i mean we're talking like highly highly intelligent like accounts, like even like they've created like Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. You should look into it. It's pretty fascinating. At first, well, I was they, they, those damn bots comment on our Instagram posts all the time, <laughs> and then sure I trick do. them with like, "Okay, cool, yeah, I'll sign up for your whatever if you answer this riddle." They never do. Nope, never do. No, these are these are pretty wild, and like apparently some of these situations are like literally placed in these like sort of closed system. I mean, you know, basically like a, what am I trying to say here? Something cage. What is the cage called that like shuts down all electricity? Thunderdome. No, help me out here. Basically like a room where, where they these entities, things that have, that have literally created themselves within D-Wave computers or quantum computers where they cannot get on the internet. They can't like, oh, Faraday cage. That's what I'm trying to say. They can't like get out of these things and they still find ways to shut off power grids. And like, I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I think we're, this is only like the very beginning of, if we're looking at simulated reality, the early, early stages of if this is a, a true thing, you know. And it's so complex because like, if you think about it, like I'm looking around the, um, the studio here and it's like, you look at all these VHS cases and the mm-hmm. books on the shelf and the comic books and graphic novel, graphic novels and the stack of, you know, 45s. And you're looking at all this stuff 
and you think about it in terms of like every single one of these things was created by somebody, an mm-hmm. individual mm-hmm. that is living in our reality. I don't, it just, see, this is what I'm talking about. Like my mind, it just, it's making my head hurt, man. Oh yeah, okay. 100%. Um, one thing I do want to talk about is how it relates to, you mentioned it earlier, kind of the Mandela effect. And part of the reason why I want to do that mm-hmm. is because and I told him that I was going to do this because you had no idea about this, but we got an email from a listener last night, brand new listener. Mm. And not only is this like the most, like when I was reading it, I was like, uh, is this the matrix like speaking to me? Those synchronicities, man. Dude, it was incredible. So this guy's name is Sam. I I told him I'd leave his his last name off just for, you know, practice. We'll just call him all colors, Sam. Oh man, even weirder. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Crap. But he basically was talking about Mandela effect and has his personal experience with some of that. And so he says that he's had some personal experiences with friends and family recently and over the past couple of years regarding the timing of past events um, and, and, and how they played out. For example, he says he, he clearly remembers doing ABC. Mm-hmm. Like he would testify in front of a grand jury that that's exactly how it went down. Mm -hmm. First came A, then B happened, and because of that, I did C. Mm -hmm. But then someone in his family or his friends say, well, that can't be true because B happened before A, and I know that because X, Y, and Z. Now, I'm using a lot of letters here, but I'm just reading from the email. Mm -hmm. He just is like, well, no, because they also don't have any evidence that it occurred that way, and either does he, other than just like that person's memory, his memory. Mm. He says he's experienced both sides of this multiple times in the past couple of, like three to five years. Yeah, me too. Ultimately kind of coming, like just being like, well, we must have been like drunk or something, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so he says, this begs the question that if there are these dozens of common Mandela effect things that are being talked about, how many minor insignificant things have been changed in individual people's personal lives? Right. And has it always been happening throughout time? Or is it something that's been happening more recently with things like what we mentioned on the Mandela effect episode that he listened to when we talked about CERN mm-hmm. and the, the God particle and all that stuff kind of potentially unlocking all of this phenomenon. And is it multiple universes converging or diverging? Mm-hmm. And, and so that was the first thing that I saw this morning when I checked email. Wow. And I'm like, uh, so I mean, I run back immediately and I was like, dude, you will not believe this. Typically, we don't record an episode so close to the release date of the episode, but we just happened to be today. And this literally landed on my lap this morning. And I was wow. like, Dude, That's amazing. Incredible. So yeah. thank you, Sam, for being a new listener and diving into all the episodes. But man, thank you so much for reaching out because that is, is yeah. just insane. So yeah. with the Mandela effect, I mean, again, I feel like this theory mm. of it being a simulation kind of helps explain some of that stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, we always talk about synchronicities and how they're so important to us. I mean, even down to like you and I meeting for the first time and you know, take the reincarnation side out of it. But it's just like the Here idea that like... this talk again. <laughs> I'm not going into that again. But like, <laughs> it, it's, it is that though. It's like this sort of, we're sort of like pushed along by this like invisible force. And mm-hmm. if you're a person of faith, you know, uh, that's the hand of God or the hand of providence. And like, I think it could be all these things. I, I think I think if, if, if you're a person of faith, if you say, okay, well, all my steps, I mean, you know, it says 
in the Bible, our ways are not his ways and, you know, lean not unto our own, basically what he's saying is our own like meager human understanding, which is small, but just trust and rely on like the big God. And so I think that, I think that it all could kind of be the same thing, basically. I think, I think if we maybe just, maybe it's sort of more nomenclature and it's more about like, well, the way that we we sort of explain it and we're able to like wrap our heads around it is by like, you know, using a computer as a parallel. Um, I mean, that, that even in and of itself, dude, kind of, kind of gives a little bit of credence to the idea that at some point in our human history in the mm-hmm. future, we're going to be evolved enough technologically that in other words, like the fact that, we're able to understand a concept like this better because mm-hmm. we have things that can sort of rudimentary even if yeah even if it's like in a lesser way create things yeah. i'm not saying that look I, again i'm not saying that we're living in a computer i'm just saying that it, a lot of these points kind of make a lot of sense i mean dude think about it even in terms of like the patterson gimlin film mm-hmm. like to borrow the uh you know the phrase from Timothy Renner and Joshua Kutch, the where the footprints end, right? Mm-hmm. All these phenomena that we can't really explain can unfortunately kind of, I say unfortunately because I don't like the idea of just like a blanket use anything, you mm-hmm. know, like, up, oh, yeah, no, yeah, of course, man. Simulation theory, boom, okay. What is that, you know, no more investigation? That's right. not what I mean by this. I just mean it helps to like, oh, okay, maybe that is like some sort of thing there where like, the bit the Bigfoot tracks just kind of end. It's like in certain instances and occurrences and sightings and stuff that it's almost as if like they just vanished. Right. Yeah. And it's like imagine imagine some guy that's like, God bless, man, it's my turn to go back into the game today. Yeah. I yeah. guess I better put on the suit. <laughs> well well, and I also think, you know, you and I are big proponents of, you know, dimension, like interdimensionality and like Instead of all UFOs coming from space and all Bigfoot, you know, being flesh and blood or whatever, um, you know, we're we've always kind of big fans of like, you know, maybe maybe there's like a blurring of like the dimensions. Maybe this is like a vortex area or a window area is what they're called is like where these things are coming through. I don't think that that technically takes away from these dimensions being also tied into the simulation theory. I mean, mm-hmm. like, like basically, you know, we view it as like the multiverse theory. So it's like there's an infinite amount of options. There's an infinite amount of outcomes if we do this or we don't do this or we do this. And I, I, I do believe in that theory. However, I also think that it's kind of interesting to look at that in the sense of like, and again, we keep going back to what we know about computers or dragons. Oh, well, no, no, no. Like, like a program. It's like you have, you know, you're, say you're playing Skyrim or, or whatever. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you, you have what you see, you have your, like your active game. And then you have all these things, these like strands of code running in the background to render a tree as you get closer, closer, closer to it. You know, all these sort of like protocols. And I think like, well, what if, what if the interdimensionality that we're thinking of is kind of the same as, blending in that background coding somehow makes its way into the active game. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just mm-hmm. 
just something to think about. It's kind of interesting, but it's super interesting. Uh, one thing that I think is awesome is this idea that like ghosts and maybe like demons and fairies and like well, not necessarily fairies, but like all the sort of weird stuff. Like there's a shadow man at the foot of your bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, I saw this and it like didn't move and it just stood there. It's like I think it could be cool if you look at it in the sense of like like a caching situation or like a glitch. Mm-hmm. You or know, like um, yeah, I like the idea of it being like a cache in certain areas, like you know, like where people are like, you know, I'm sensing, especially men. Like think about it. I mean, when ghost hunters go into a building, mm-hmm. what, are, what are they measuring? What are they reading? EMS, electro, yeah, electric yeah. magnetic energy, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Why would that be? Even our brains operate with electrical signal. Yeah, exactly. It it also makes it super interesting concepts like when people get the uh, and gosh, I can't remember what it's called, but essentially, uh, from personal experience, I, I know of people who they have like a sibling, someone they love very much or someone close to them, their parent or whatever, mm-hmm. passes away, their phone rings. Yeah, exactly. And then it's just like, no, there's nothing on the other end of the line. And mm-hmm. it's literally like when they check back, it's the moment that person passed away. Right, right. I mean, this could get kind of deep here. But I'd, one one of the things that you had mentioned earlier, you're talking about like NPCs. Yeah. Uh, for all that don't know, an NPC is a non-player character. If you're, play, if you're using it in sort of Dungeons & Dragons terms, it would be, say, Woody is the dungeon master. Say, I'm playing as an elf. Well, Woody Woody as the DM can also say, well, you also run into this character who's a mm-hmm. barbarian, and now he's well, going to show you where to go. A simple way to explain it is an NPC is a character that's in that world but has a limited thing that they can do, right? Right. Limited capability, whether that's dialogue or even things that they can tell the real character. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. And this could be a little controversial, but just bear with me. It's something that I've, I've thought about and I think is kind of interesting. Certain characters throughout history, right? We think mm-hmm. of Hitler. We okay. think of uh, Canceled. We think of... Uh, I mean, don't... I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> no, no, no. Dude, just, just tread. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. You know, you think of Hitler. You think of... Um, a character like Judas who betrayed Jesus. Mm-hmm. I've often thought, are these characters basically placed in our, you know, in our world, in our dimension? Are they created for that one particular act? Mm. Because here's the thing, like the the prophecy and and I know we keep going back to the Bible a lot, but it's just there's so many things in it that that are sort of applicable when looking at this is like this idea that like okay well you had to have Judas as a disciple who would betray Jesus mm-hmm. and so but what would have happened if if Jesus or if Judas never would have been there mm-hmm. like would he have inadvertently you know been ratted out and then died on the cross mm-hmm. to save humanity you know all that thing so my my question is, and my sort of ponderance is, was Judas created to be that specific character? And if Judas never, say in another dimension, Judas was never born, mm-hmm. was that just another role so that like Rudy is now that character and has to fulfill that same thing? Uh, 
too close to my name. Sometimes that's <laughs> even what they write on my Starbucks Rudy. Um, do you, you know what I mean? You, you, I 100% know what you mean. And here's the thing about that. And to be honest with you, and again, I'm not trying to tick anybody off, mm-hmm. but that's easier for me to, like, in my mind, you know, going through my life and, and challenging different ideas and concepts with faith and stuff, that is easier for me to, to swallow sometimes mm-hmm. than why in the world would it ever be allowed for someone like Hitler who, who does so much damage right. to anybody and kills so many people be allowed to be created. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's the struggle that I've always had. I mean, we're getting real personal here on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so turn up the volume, buckle up, <laughs> and just, you know, be with me on this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing that I've struggled with through life is like, and I think this is a common thing, man. And I think sometimes what I'm saying is whenever I've had the question of, you know, why do bad things happen to good people, faithful people, mm-hmm. you know, not not someone that needs to quote unquote be punished, right? Right. How can that happen, right? And, well, and so this one day, real quick, one day this kind of conversation came up um, and I was talking with somebody and we were talking about how like, well, okay, let's just for, uh, you know, again, this is all concepts and just stuff to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. I said I wasn't going to say that again, but I said it again. What if like there, this gets this, hard to kind of like explain without being offensive. Like an NPC character. No, what if, what if God... Mm-hmm. is in charge of every single individual. Now, again, this is going to potentially just, just bear with me because it, 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 like, initially it's going to challenge the idea of someone being omnipotent and omnipresent and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. But let's just say for just, just an example that because, I mean, we are like in his image, right? So let's mm-hmm. just say that he's human-like, but with yeah. like, God, but he's God, okay? And you're talking about the Father God, not Jesus. I'm talking about not the Son. Correct. Okay. I'm talking about God. Yep. Okay. The Creator, the Man in charge. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, and it's okay because it's easily like, well, he doesn't have to sleep. Okay. Mm-hmm. But let's just say, because I mean, I'm just saying, he also built, you know, made the earth in six days, but then the seventh was to, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I put my ear real close to the mic for somebody to go ahead and tell me to rest there we go rest mm-hmm. so apparently he doesn't need rest now what happens whenever he's resting do my prayers go to an answering machine do bad things kind of happen again our timeline is different correct or woody i don't mean to cut you off is he still resting and we're the dream of god you see what i'm saying <laughs> that would be rad <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. There's so mm-hmm. many like, and and again, it's just so interesting to like pull your mind in all these different directions. Mm-hmm. And, and for some people, it's not literally, dude. Like I know folks that are like, uh, nope, <laughs> that sounds stupid, not listening. And yeah. that's cool, man. Yeah, you know, right. you do you, bro. Mm-hmm. But for oh, me- Oh, we do this stuff all day long. All day long. And have like years. ad nauseum. Yeah. But it's just super interesting to me to think about like if- if we can just make an assumption that rest is required mm-hmm. and that our timeline is different, mm-hmm. then I think we can make the follow-up assumption that if he has to rest, 
and he's not in front of the computer screen. Again, just using terms that we are familiar with. Right. He's not in front of the computer screen watching what's happened on, you know, SimCity. Mm-hmm. Then what happens to the world whenever he's away? Well, if you remember SimCity, God, I'm so glad that obviously popped up into my head because that's a great example. Well, synchronicity. In, in, in SimCity. made to thought that. Think that. Yeah. Because someone up, and I got, do I get a button? Can I get a one up? <laughs> um, like in SimCity, you know, when you kind of like don't pay attention or you're just like, man, this is kind of boring. I kind of want to like crank the time and it like goes faster. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Like all the roads would deteriorate and there's like, you can add in like disasters and monsters to come in and like there's destruction and then you got to go back in and you fix it up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like, if you think about it in that way, Although potentially like insulting and or even sacrilege to some, if you think about it in those terms, then a lot of these things kind of make sense in terms of, oh, well, like it wasn't, you know, on purpose that someone was terribly evil Mm. and allowed to do all these bad things. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that alert, like, you're like, oh man, goodness, I better get back in front of the monitor. Mm -hmm. Uh Oh, this is happening. So... (laughs) Anyway, we're getting real conceptual here. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the, and the, but before you end on that, I, the way that I have always kind of, and this is no less uh, controversial than what you're saying, is, I, again, it goes back to, and I'm not minimizing it, I think so many awful, terrible, horrible things happen every single day. And it, and it is very easy coming from our sort of human understanding to be like, how could a God allow this to happen? Mm-hmm. But then again, it goes right back to lean not on t- unto your own understanding and life is but a vapor. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's like we're, the, the one thing that we know is going to happen when we're born, we're eventually going to die. Mm-hmm. And yes, awful, awful ways of dying can happen and do happen every day. But it's like, I often wonder if, if we're, it's, and obviously it would be impossible not to see it this way because we are human. And, you know, if I pinch my arm, it hurts, you know, death is, is that the, but is that the programming? Yeah. Right, right, right. But, but I'm saying like, if is the, you know, big, computer god upstairs so much higher like way of thinking that like oh well somebody is like tortured and and then murdered like that's terrible and it's probably on the podcast that my wife is listening to right now but it's like to us it's terrible but to the man upstairs it's just like it's just another thing that happens before you go on to like the actual existence like the 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 you're running in the simulation now and okay now your time in the simulation is over now you move on to like actual existence Mm. you know what i mean yeah i don't know i mean i mean what if this is i'm gonna throw one at you what if this is what if being in the simulation Mm -hmm. and this kind of parallels with in my opinion it kind of parallels with this sort of like idea what if this is our chance to kind of yeah sort of like prove ourselves yeah that's exactly what i think it is yeah yeah to mm-hmm. to to kind of move on to the next whatever you know well, well i'm not saying but, next life i just mean like 
everything that isn't the vapor. Right, right. Uh, I don't know. I, I do think one thing that I that I think the Matrix did that to me is probably still one of the more like fascinating and kind of like abstract sort of topics is the way they had like werewolves and fairies and vampires. Those are like sort of these like rogue like codes. Wait, man. I mean, it hasn't really been that long since I watched those. There's werewolves and vampires in there? Well, yeah, she, like, talks about it. Didn't Monica Bellucci talk about, like, there being, like... like Maybe, yeah. Man, I just... That just gives me another reason to rewatch them, so... Yeah, me too. I haven't seen them in a long time. But basically, like, the two, you know, the two twins, the, mm, like... That's in the second one, right? Yeah, yeah. Didn't like that one that much. Yeah. What's well, it's, it's, it's in that like, one, but it kind of talks... I. I think, and again, I could be totally off. And the first one's are, like my favorite. I yeah, the, yeah. I haven't seen them in years, but but yeah, that's the whole thing. It's like these sort of like rogue like code or programming mm-hmm. is like the explanation for like. I mean, they didn't say this in the thing, but I'm saying like if we do live in a simulation, that that explains Bigfoot. That explains ghost, mm-hmm. where you like see them one minute, or you see like someone just from the waist down, or you see the footprints ending. It's these yeah. like weird glitchy kind of things, or if, even not if not a glitch, just some guy named Terry who's just like, dude, I know what I'm gonna do today when I get to work. <laughs> I'm gonna put in that werewolf program just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Also, I did discover this thing a while back. This doesn't necessarily tie in, but my God, I talk about Nick Hinton all the time. Uh, he kind of blew up because he proposed that maybe the world ended in 2012, and in 2012 is when. CERN did discover the Higgs boson particle. And so I guess we reached a point in this reality so where it like ha- it couldn't go any further. It, de- it was destroyed. And so it just converged with the next reality. And so that's the reality that we live in now. And that's why we have all these little Mandela effects. And by the way, just for those of you that are paying attention, it's also the same year that the Mayan calendar ended. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Also, hold on. Hold on real quick. This is something that's going to blow your mind. Then this is kind of crazy. Apparently, uh, CERN was actually built on, you know, a thousand years before would have been near or on the remains of the Temple of Apollo. Hmm. And Apollo, like theologians think that like the god Apollo in like uh, Greek mythology is actually a derivative of Apollyon, which Hmm. is the basically the devil or the demon that guards the the bottomless pit hmm. where like the demons and and lucifer and all that will be thrown at the end of days so you have a large hadron collider that's able to like make black holes and bring things into existence and it's right on top of apollyon or the the temple of apollo mm-hmm. i don't know man it's yeah weird. i don't know man I don't know. Anyway, that's just that's that's something that I I heard on a podcast that kind of blew me blew me away a little bit. But but yeah, the the 2012 thing, man. I don't know. I think there could be you know, all kinds of stuff started freaking unraveling around that time. So yeah. Know, oh, I just found sense. another one the other day for you folks out there who are into the Mandela effect. Uh, remember a long time ago on hey, Hibby- I, no no I know what you're talking about. JFK isn't really dead. He's going to be. <laughs> No, no, no. The house to- on Hit Me Baby One More Time, the video where she is wearing the red suit, the platform heels. She has the little, like, headset mm-hmm. microphone, which is on every single toy, which is on, like, 
numerous. Uh, now she has never actually had the little headset microphone, which is weird because I'm pretty sure my sister went as her and had the headset microphone when we were kids. Also, do you remember in the Jungle Book where Baloo is dancing around and he has like the grass skirt and like the, the coconuts covering him? And he's it's trying to like while, make dude, Mowgli I... laugh or whatever? It's been a while. Well, now he's never had the coconuts to cover his breasts. Marinate on it. This was also going to start diving into something else, but I think we need to save that for another episode. Mm-hmm. Man, again, a topic that is just so rich with different concepts, ideas. I hope you know. I hope you guys found it as interesting as as we did. I mean, and there's so many different directions that we could still go. Mm-hmm. But we didn't even we didn't even bring up the Book of the Dead and like the Egyptians' fascination with like life after death and mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah yeah. So anyway. I just want to say, if you're interested in this stuff, we're going to put some of our references in the show notes, so be sure to look out for those. We'll talk about them in our Artifacts post on our Instagram page at That Would Be Rad. And Tyler, if someone wants to be cool like Sam or Clay or Mm. all the other listeners that send us things, where is the best place for for them to send us the long-form stuff? Like if they really want to just describe something or send us a voice memo or things like that. Well, if you want to write like a manuscript or a novel or I'm still asking for those spooky stories, send it to our email, which is thatwouldberadpod at gmail.com. Or, you know, if you're social media only, which I know a lot of folks are, we kind of are almost at this point but mm-hmm. yeah send it to our dm over on instagram uh where we have a really good time and a cool little family that's continually growing and uh we love you guys so much so like i always say we couldn't do it without you we appreciate you we love you and as always be rad that's the way
clouds in a time where I just needed some sunshine. You were already dead before you became a ghost. You always said our future would be a parade of flowers, but now all that's left is a single rose. That's the way. Could live forever, would you? Yes. <laughs> okay, we're well, done. We're the the yes.、Uh, no. Okay. Sure. That's an attractive idea, but the way I look at it is, it is the knowledge that I'm going to die that creates the focus that I bring to being alive. The urgency of accomplishment. The need to express love now, not later. If we live forever, why ever even get out of bed in the morning? Because you always have tomorrow. That's not the kind of life I want to lead. But why? Don't you fear not being around? I fear living a life where I could have accomplished something and didn't. That's what I fear. I, I don't fear death. You don't fear the unknown. I love the unknown. I, 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 I love that. You know what I want on my tombstone? My sister has this in her in her notes because in case I can't tell anyone after I die, on my tombstone, a quote from Horace Mann, great educator: "Be ashamed to die until you have scored some victory for humanity." 